Good morning, everybody. This is Victoria, your dog guru. And today I am answering your questions and we are talking about new Newfoundlands and I am giving you an update on where I have been. So I want to thank everybody who has been subscribing and who has made the, the jump with me to Podbean. I appreciate it. I know it's a lot to ask for you to go from one platform to another. So if you're listening to us on Podbean, I am grateful to you. And if you're listening to us anywhere else, I'm glad that you found me. <laughs> so first up, where have I been? So for the past couple of months, I have been preparing a huge project, which I just launched. And I'm actually going to give you guys access to today. I launched a store called darkgypsyboutique.com. And the link is in the description so you can check it out for yourselves. I, sh I sell women's apparel, home accessories, and gifts for yogis. So I have a really eclectic collection of things. Boho style, some street style things handbags, beauty products, just a lot of different things that I think will appeal to women who have free spirits. So if this sounds like something that might appeal to you, please go check out my site. It's www.darkgypsyboutique.com. Like I said, link is in the description. So that's one of the biggest things I've been up to lately. Aside from that, I know I mentioned in prior episodes I work with horses. And for those who know me personally, you know I own two of my own. Well, one of them actually recently needed a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. He got very, very sick. And I was basically spending, oh, I don't know, 80% of my free waking hours at the barn making sure that he made a recovery, which he did, by the way. So that's wonderful news. And then last but not least, my son had surgery, so I'm sure there are Thousands of parents out there listening to this show, nodding their heads going, yeah, you don't have any other focus when your kids are sick or if they're, you know, having surgery. So that is where I have been, but I'm back now. So without further ado, let's get to your questions. First up, dog guru. I'm a little curious as to how I should handle this situation. My partner and I have been together for seven years. We've decided to go our separate ways and end things amicably, but my dog will be going with me, which means we're both moving out of the home. Since she's so bonded to my partner, I'm a little nervous that she might act out in the new place or with me, or perhaps she just won't be happy there. What can I do to ease this transition for her? Okay, so... Tough situation, great question. First, much like adjusting to any new place, so this can go for anybody who's relocating or is going through a big life change where the dog's environment will shift. You certainly want her to feel comfortable in her new place. So taking toys that she likes and putting them in the new place in advance where they can, I mean, if you have access to the place in advance, that would be great to pick up the scent of it and bring toys back that smell like it. But if you don't have the ability to do that, then I would just make sure that her toys are the first things on the floor 
even if it's just in one area of the new place so that she has something familiar. If you feel like this is going to be a difficult transition for her, I would consider having a blanket or an old t-shirt from my partner if it's not something you're against for the dog to sleep with. Now, I don't like sending mixed signals, you know, and if your partner is not going to be back in the picture, this could in some ways be confusing, but I feel like if my dog were showing signs of depression, I'd probably do whatever it took to make them happy again. For example, when I lost my dog, my other dog was in mourning. So I took my old dog's collar and I put it around my younger dog so that he felt by scent association that that dog was near. And clearly he knew it wasn't, right? But it calmed him down quite a bit. So going with that same theory, I just think that that might be an easy way to get her associated with a new place, but I would not do that unless she's showing signs of depression. She doesn't want to go out for walks. She's kind of just moping around. You know, you know your dog better than I do. But what I will tell you is you definitely want to probably cut off visits because it gets really confusing to the dog if somebody's in and out of their life who was at one point such a massive part of it. You know, they're always going to be like, wait, 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 where are you going? Where are you going? It's just very confusing. So I would, I'm just putting that to you as a side note. I don't know if that was in the plan or not. I've heard of couples in the past. I had a couple I worked with and they said, you know, we both love the dog so much. We want to see the dog all the time and share custody of the dog. And listen, I'm not here to get into your personal business, but I can tell you as somebody who studies behavior and who's done a fair share, I mean, half of my life I've been training and, and studying behavior. It's all I do. And what I will tell you is this. When I had a board and train program, I used to tell clients, you're welcome to come and see your dog whenever you want, but it will affect the training because as soon as they see you, they're like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going home. Yay. And then the owner leaves and now the dog is kind of pissed that they're still stuck with me. Right? So this same thing can happen. Let me give you another example. This couple that I mentioned, they were trying to do the shared custody thing. And I told them, I was like, it's going to be hard on both of you and the dog because the dog and they were like, well, for our schedules, it's better. And well, I understand that. But for the dog, it was just very confusing. So within a month, they realized it was problematic for the dog. They were seeing behaviors they had never seen when they were living together, crop up in the dog. The dog was like destroying the molding on the floor and tearing up his bed. Why? He was frustrated. He didn't know what was going on anymore. So you have to be realistic. Aside from all of that, you know, when I'm talking about transitions with dogs, I fully prepare for them to put me through my paces in a new environment. What I mean by that is 
I don't care how well trained your dog is. You take them to a foreign environment that they have not established a system in and they're going to try all the things they did as puppies almost just to see if all the rules are the same. So stay strong. Keep all of your basic obedience cues intact. If you feel like they're sliding backwards, just keep at it because they are testing you. Your dog is going to test you in a new environment. Sometimes they do this when we're visiting. They definitely do this when we've moved to a new place. In fact, I am absolutely the person to ask about this because I've moved so many times over the years with my animals. It was like shaking an Etch-a-Sketch every time. I was always having to reinforce the training and remind them of the training. Sometimes we'd have accidents in the house when we never had those normally. So prepare yourself for a little bit of what's gonna feel like a backslide regardless of your dog's age. Because unless they're into retirement age, they're probably gonna test you. Maybe not on everything, but they're going to test you. So just be mentally prepared for that. Don't take it as your dog is rebelling or they're doing things wrong, you know, for no other reason. They, there is a reason, new environment, new rules, or at least they're hoping there are, you know, they, they also will try and establish dominance if they have more of a dominant personality profile. They will go ahead and try and see if they can get one over on you and see if they can be the big man on campus. And they'll do this with other dogs in your pack too. So if you have other dogs, you may notice that some furry arguments are cropping up. And in large part, that's because they're testing each other too. It's a hierarchy thing. So just make sure you have your training established and in place. And if you haven't, this is a good time to work on it before you go to a new place and have to, you know, rein them in. Be sure to email me with an update. It's askdogguru at gmail.com. That's askdogguru at gmail.com. Before we get into our next question, I just want to remind you guys, if you haven't already, we have an exclusive subscription channel. So this is a good place for you to find videos, pictures, articles, information. Eventually I'll be launching a private training program, live streams. So there's going to be things available on the subscription channel you can't find elsewhere. So just go over to patreon.com slash askyourdogguru. I've got the link right there in the description so you don't have to go very far. And go ahead and peek through. We have several levels and at each level there are rewards. Anything from shout outs on the show to one-on-one -on -one sessions with me. So go ahead and take a look. All right. And our next question. Dear Victoria, what are your go-to tips for potty training? I'm sure you've covered these before, but I'm a new listener and would love to know what you consider to be the most important things to do. Oh, I love this question because with, I mean, really with new dogs and puppies, it the sooner you start, the more consistent you are, the better it goes. So great question. And I don't mind that I've answered it before. First and most important thing is to set a schedule and be consistent. The reason I say this is because it's the only way you're going to get the dog to understand there is a schedule. So that's number one. Number two, you want to make sure that the dog gets a reward 
when they go to the bathroom outside. Okay, this is really important. And if you reward as soon as your dog goes to the bathroom by praising them and then rewarding them with a cookie and they don't get a reward if they have an accident in the house and they definitely don't get a cookie, you're appealing to their greed. So very quickly that puppy is going to go, well, if I go potty outside, I get all this attention and all this good food. I'm going to go out there because... On the other half, you know, if they're caught in the house going to the bathroom, you're going to go, ah, ah, outside. But if you don't catch them, you just have to clean it up and act like you didn't see it. So that's actually another two tips right there. Make sure that if you catch them in the act, you immediately interrupt it and bring them outside so they can finish going to the bathroom outside. And if you don't catch them, you can't do anything about it. Okay, bring them back to it. They're going to look really guilty. It's an appeasement exercise that their body does because they don't want you to eat them. It doesn't mean that they understand what they've done wrong. So while he's going to look super guilty if you bring him back to his mess, if you didn't catch him doing it, it's too late. It's just too late. When you do catch them doing it, you don't get angry. You want to interrupt it, you know, clap your hands, or say, uh-uh, and take them straight outside. Okay, take them to where it is appropriate. And then as soon as they finish what they were doing, reward. Okay, but if you don't catch it, it didn't happen. And my last go-to tip helps when you're trying to, you know, get them to hold it through the night. So if you haven't already, go ahead and pick up a crate. Feed them inside of the crate with the crate door closed so that they feel comfortable. At first, they're not going to want to eat their food, maybe, if they're really picky, but just keep the door closed, leave them in there for 30, 40 minutes, and then take them straight outside. Now, why do you do this? You do this for a few reasons. You don't want them having access to the house when you don't know if they have to go to the bathroom. And you know that when they have eaten or drank anything that they're going to have to go. So better to restrict their space and not give them full run of the house when they're more likely to have an accident. It's better to prep ahead. So you feed them in the crate, you close the, the crate door, you let them eat for 30, 40 minutes, and then you leave them in the crate for about that same length of time. Okay, so don't let them out. Just leave them be. And then take them straight outside. No pass and go. No collecting $200 from the crate to outside where they're allowed to go potty. Okay? You will probably fix a lot of issues and or head a lot of them off by just doing those things. So, and do join the Dog Guru Hounds group on Facebook. I would love to see a picture of your dog. A lot of our listeners share questions, stories, videos, pictures, things like that in the Dog Guru Hounds group. So if you are a listener of the show, go ahead and head over to the Dog Guru Hounds group on Facebook. There's a Frenchie as like a French bulldog is the background photo. So you'll know you're in the right place. So our next question came from a friend of mine and he was really curious what made me choose a Newfoundland for my service dog. And lately I've been getting a lot of questions about him when I'm out and about. So I figured I would just answer what I typically get asked. So the first question I normally get asked is, does he eat a lot? 
Yeah, he eats a lot. Less than, like, a mastiff would, but he can put away whatever uh, St. Bernard could put away. I mean... And I offer him more food than he always, than he consumes just to make sure that he doesn't drop weight because when he was younger, we had a lot of issues keeping weight on him for like the first two years of his life. He's turning three this year. For the first two years of his life, it was just an ongoing battle. So for that reason, I lean on the higher crude protein, which normally I would never have recommended to a client. But I do it because this dog has trouble maintaining his own body weight. Part of that is his sheer size. I mean, he's probably 120 pounds right now. He's a late bloomer. So I I say that hesitantly because it's like he could be another 20 pounds in another month for all I know. I mean, he gets really picky with his food, though. I mean, when I say that I have run been run through the mill with this dog and dog food. I'm not kidding. This is with or without him being sick. He's kind of a food snob. And I've had a lot of dogs and I've worked with a lot of dogs and with all of my tricks in my arsenal, he is still tough to feed <laughs> this dog. It's just, I mean, I can put beef on the ground and sometimes he'll reject it. Why? I don't know. I mean, the French bulldog's ready to eat it. So... Next question I normally get is, why did I choose this breed? And this is one of the things that my friend asked me the other day. And I actually really wanted to address this because this is not a breed for everybody. There are positives and negatives to every breed and that's true. But this one really has a purpose. And that's one of the reasons I selected this breed. So to start off, their work ethic is extremely strong. I'll give you an example of this. So I've had other service dogs in my lifetime that I've trained and they were all different breeds. One was a mix, one was a purebred Frenchie, and now I have a Newfie. And I've worked with clients' dogs and other mixes and fosters and things like that. And what I can tell you is there's a point at which a service dog needs a break where they need to check out for a while or where they will. And I tried to plan those breaks with my other dogs. With this dog, he can work all day long with me and he won't drop until I take off his vest. So for me, for someone like me who needs the dog to do so many things during the day, aside from just being present, I mean... Having a dog as a companion and having a dog as a service animal are completely different parameters. You know, you need a dog that's vigilant and tuned in, but can still be normal and not defensive. And there's just so many things they need to be, right? And we, him and I, at our partnership started late because, like I said earlier, for the first two years of his life, we were fighting him being very, very ill through no fault of his own and no fault of the vets that we were working. I mean, we, we tried everything. I spent thousands of dollars trying to figure out everything I could to help this dog. And eventually he just started growing on his own and I stuck it out and we're here now. But one of the struggles that I had with this breed was potty training. And it seems to be a general consensus about this breed that they can be difficult to potty train. Now, 
I don't say this about a lot of breeds, but being that I was dealing with potty training issues until the dog was a year and a half, I'm bringing it up, okay, as a cautionary tale. Not everybody wants to pick up huge piles and big wet messes multiple times a day. And if the dog matures, you know, at a, they mature slower than other breeds, so they're not even grown until they're two, two and a half. So, and in that time frame, I would expect accidents to be at least a possibility. I hope that's not the case, but at least a possibility because I follow the Newfoundland chat boards and one of the chief complaints is potty training puppies. And it's past the normal age range, you know, like six months. You know, normally after six months, you're off and running with the potty training as long as... But you can be doing it right and still struggle with potty training with Newf Newfoundlands. And I think the reason is, is their bodies are just underdeveloped. They're, the bladder isn't fully developed. And for that reason, I think they struggle a little bit more. And there were other reasons I chose this breed. I know that they're generally thought to be very friendly, you know, and I have a young child, so I didn't want, I wanted a dog that was large that could help me balance because I get dizzy, but I didn't want a dog that was a breed known to be dominant, like Akitas or another breed I looked at, but I just didn't feel like with a young, young child, I felt like the chances were good right? That I could make it work. But some breeds are just so dominant. I just, just didn't want to take the risk with a tiny baby. So I went with a breed that I know they're referred to as the nanny dog. So I, I figured <laughs> that with the right training and exposure early that the dog would be okay. And, and it did. He's amazing with my son. And I'm sure you've seen the news. You know horror stories can come of having a dog in your home. That's another reason why I went with a puppy. I wanted the dog to grow up with my son and get used to him. You know, you bring an adult dog into the house and some of them are fine with it and some of them aren't. You know, some dogs love having kids around and some are like, please take them away. But generally speaking, Newfoundlands are a really lovely family dog. They love to be loved. My dog gets excited when he sees people getting ready to go because he knows he's going to go. And he focuses on his job a hundred percent of the time, but he's still a dog. You know, he still does cute dog things and he's super fluffy and adorable. So for me, this was the breed. You know, I probably thought on it for a good two years before I started looking for a breeder. And then I settled on a breeder after about seven, eight months of research. So you're talking about almost three years of deciding on a breed. And I have the benefit and experience of being able to train pretty much anything, you know, dogs, horses could help you with your husband. <laughs> Just kidding. You know, it's one of those things where I could have picked any breed and I could have had a lot of good benefits from those breeds. And I'm not saying other breeds aren't suited for service work at all. There are a million different breeds out there that are great for service work. But for me, 
I needed to think of not just what my service dog needs were, but also what my family and lifestyle needs were. I'm not a super active person in that I exercise every day, but you won't see me running husky down the road for four miles. I'm not a runner like that. I like to just get my 30 minute workout in and move on with my day. I like a dog that can keep up with me and I feel safe and protected around. One of the problems I had with my Frenchie as a service dog was he was amazing at his job. He tasked flawlessly. And to this day, I mean, he will still task, but everybody wanted to pet him. And I have PTSD and not that you needed to know this, but this is a trigger of mine. And so for that reason, I had to retire him, not because he did anything wrong or he was not doing his job well, but really because people didn't respect the fact that I was like, no, 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 he's working. I mean, I had a couple of seizures with people petting the dog because... I guess, you know, it's just not one of those things you want to go on. You know, if the dog's distracted from its job, it's all for naught. That said, though, if you're ever looking for a fun family breed that's small and compact, Frenchies are a great breed. If you go to a good breeder or a rescue that's, you know, doing their due diligence, just a wonderful breed. They're really comical. So, but those are the two breeds that I have. I love that... There are so many people who listen to this show who have Newfoundlands because I have such a deep love and affection for this breed. Now, even before I had one of my own, it was always a dream to have a Newfie. So now I've got like my dream dog and we had a really rough start for training because it was all delayed, but we're trying to come around the circle now and he may end up being a wash. And I've said this in prior episodes, but right now he's doing his job. And I can't ask for more than that. Because of him, I am not only a higher functioning individual, but I just get so much more productive. I get so much more done. You know, right now he's on the other side of the bed, kind of waiting for me to clock out for the day. So, I mean, just a wonderful companion dog. Couple cautions though, if you want a clean house, you're going to get muddy paws and lots of furball tumbleweeds. And if that doesn't sound fun for you or you're obsessed with having, you know, a fur-free house, this is not the breed for you. They are always shedding. I brush my dog sometimes twice a day and I still get furballs all over the house. And I vacuum every day. Okay, so that'll give you... And I just have the one. (laughs) Some people have three or four newfies. So... Anyway, all of that should be food for thought, but if you ever want to hear more about this breed, feel free to write in. I am definitely a Newfoundland fan. Much like I'm an American Pitbull advocate, I I have now become a Newfie advocate. They don't need advocates because I've not met anybody who didn't like a Newfie, really. I can honestly say I'll never live without one now that I've got one. I mean, it checks all of my boxes. Cuddly, smart, responsive-ish, okay? Like, he responds to service work all the time, but when he has that vest off, he's like, "Mm, I'm gonna take a nap. (laughs) I like to spoil my dog, so he often gets the lion's share of my plate when I'm done eating. Not 
at restaurants, of course, when he's tasking, but at home, you know, I totally spoil him. I do. Do I make him earn it? Yeah, but I'm spoiling him. He had steak last night. <laughs> and while I'm saying this, I'm realizing this may be why he doesn't want to eat the kibble. You know what I'm saying? I want to thank everybody for listening this week and every week. I so appreciate you. If you love the show, please share it with a friend. That is the greatest compliment I can receive. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, drop us a rating and a review. It helps others find the show. And if you haven't already, head over to the subscription channel. It's patreon.com slash askyourdogguru. Link is in the description, along with my new store, darkgypsyboutique.com. If you have any questions for me, please send them to askdogguru at gmail.com. Information's in the show notes, just as you might have assumed. And that's it today for me, everybody. This has been Victoria, your dog guru. Namaste. Namaste.